This podcast is brought to you by the fine folks at TacoNightAudio.com. Be sure to listen to this and other podcasts on iTunes and Google Play. And please stop by TacoNightAudio.com for all of your podcast needs. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Adam. Hey. Uh, so... I was just thinking about 10 years ago. Really? Yeah. I was, uh, what year was that? Uh, 2008, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about who I was in 2008. Who were you in 2008? Oh, I got my first job at Subway. At Subway? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my. And now you have a podcast. And I've come so far. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it's weird because you have a podcast that's about 10 years ago. It is. My podcast is about movies from 10 years ago. Yeah, I bring on a friend. You're a friend. You can come do it. <laughs> uh, and they tell me what their 10 favorite movies are from 10 years ago. And we talk about why they like them, who they were, who they are now. Yeah. I know. It's so, it's, I, I've grown so much from a sandwich artist. And is that on taconightaudio.com? Taconightaudio.com. I think people should check it out. I think people should absolutely check it out. On TacoNightAudio.com. Thing. I'm gonna make it, world! This is amazing! I love talking night audio and the worst that could happen. I'm totally not the host, Craig Martin. Hi, thank you for joining me. This is Sherry, and you are listening to Your Emergency is Showing. This is a podcast that's brought to you by taconightaudio.com, and make sure you check out their website. You can find lots of other podcasts for all of your podcast needs. So, I have something to get off my chest to start with. This is a personal life story. I figure since I've got this format and my therapist retired, probably because of me, I can maybe use this venue as a, a format for some issues. So um, yesterday was just a huge bad day. Um, I have mentioned before that I have three dogs. They are lovely Chewinis. Walter is my 10-year-old Chewini. I've had him for the duration of his life. Um, And then recently, I adopted two others. These were boys that were found running around Houston after Hurricane Harvey, and um, I don't think that they've ever actually had a home. And when I went to the Humane Society to look at one of them, the Humane Society was like, so here's the deal. These boys have never been apart. We'll give you a buy one, get one. Can you take both of them? And they were very, very socially crippled. I mean, to the point that they just would shy away from everybody. And I'm like, sure, we'll give it a try. So they have been together for, um, we've, we've all been together for a little over three months. And it is going fabulously. Um, Their anxiety has definitely lessened. And um, we go to the dog park every day that it's not, like, blizzardy. And um, 
they are socializing with other animals and they're getting close to people. It, they kind of just like, it takes a little bit, but they warm up. So anyway, long story short, actually too late for that. So um, long story longer. So yesterday, since we go to the dog park every day, I, I put them all in and they have car seats. Um, I'll post some pictures on our Facebook website so that you can see them. So um, in the back is a double car seat and that's where Jack and Gus, the new Chihuahua, sit. And then in the front is where Walter sits because he needs to maintain some sort of authority still as the leader of the pack. So um, we're driving along and things are going pretty well. And all of a sudden from the back seat, Gus just catapults himself onto my shoulder, my right shoulder as I'm driving. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I turn my head and something smears on my face. And I immediately recognize it as shit. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? And mind you, this is all happening while I'm driving. So Jack hops from my shoulder then over into Walter's car seat with him. And I do a quick survey of the situation. There is shit on my face. There's shit smeared on my arm. It's, I turn and it's in the car seat and poor Jack is cowered as far away as he can be from the situation. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? So I managed to pull over. Fortunately, I wasn't in heavy traffic. I was on a country road. So I pull over turn around, come back home, gagging the entire time, mind you. I pull into the garage, and first thing, I'm just, I, I, I have to get my my shirt off. It's, uh, I mean, it's just awful. So I, I leave everybody where they're at, clean myself up, go back out to the situation, get Jack, clean him up. I realize when I get to or, or I clean Gus up when I when I get to Jack and take him out of the car seat and survey the situation there it isn't shit that came from his ass he had eaten the shit and then vomited the shit and I know this because I had just given him a little piece of a tortilla and it was in there so I just I just my threshold for dealing with this situation was very small. I just, I couldn't quite initially deal. I just, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to cry. And so my daughter Paige was home and, um, I, I said, I, I need you. I need, I need to talk to you. And so she came downstairs and I just told her and you could tell she just had so much sympathy. She was so great. Cause I just needed that couple of seconds to decompress and kind of sob gag and stuff before I handled the situation. So I'm like, all right, I can do this. And the reason that I'm telling you this, it will tie into a story. I, there are few things in life that are worse, in my opinion, than shit vomit. I personally, and honestly, I'm trying not to gag as I talk about it right now. There, I, I have witnessed this. I had a patient once that her, her bowels were so blocked that 
she had shit vomit and she was vomiting and it's I'm a, I'm a sympathetic puker so it's hard for me being in the healthcare to not start gagging when someone is puking and it happens especially since I'm a CT tech and frequently one of the reactions that happens after I give CT contrast can be vomiting um, so you know I'm I, I can do it, but that's why I'm really glad that if it's an outpatient situation, we tell people not to eat or drink, and then it ends up just being like dry heaves. But anyway, um, so this particular patient was vomiting, and what was coming out of her mouth was shit. And that has always stuck with me as like the worst thing ever. If if I if I ever experience that, I will just have to I, I I'll have to die. I won't be able to come back from that. I that to me is like the worst thing that could happen. So because this happened and my dog did this, it brought back flashbacks of that. It was very traumatic. I felt like I needed therapy right after. It was just like I can't even imagine. And I know that people go through that and it I just my heart breaks for them. I just couldn't do it. So, um back to my story with the dogs. I clean up the situation. I fortunately their car seat has a removable liner, so I was able to get that mostly cleaned up and then throw it in the laundry and um the actually there wasn't really that much besides it was all pretty much contained to in there so I was able to do that so then we we went to the dog park anyway and um I was so traumatized that while I was there this lady with a chewini as well came over and she started talking to me and I'm in my head I'm like don't don't talk about it. People don't want to hear about this kind of stuff. And um, then she told me about where she got her dog and said that he had been found eating out of the garbage. And then on their first night that they had with him, he had had some, like, he had gone to their neighbor's garbage or something. And he had um, eaten, like, this rancid pasta. And she talked about how she was frustrated that he liked to wallow around in smelly things and that you know it just it seems like that's the what little dogs will do sometimes and so then I felt like that was a window and was like well can I talk to you about something that happened today because this happened and she was like oh my god that's so traumatic I can't believe it and by the way I also had showered to the point that I didn't hardly have any skin left I mean and then when I got back home after the dog park I had showered yet again uh, today I feel clean. I feel like I'm I'm good. I'm past it. It's all good. But um, you know the mental the mental trauma is still there. So anyway, yeah, that happened. And um, thanks for letting me get that off my chest. Um, but yeah, shit vomit. It that is. I would. Just so everybody knows, my family is well aware of this, that if I'm ever to the point of shit vomiting, that it's time to pillow therapy me and put me out of my misery. You just put a pillow over my face. You just sit there until the shaking stops. So yeah, there's that. So um, let me tell you a story, a medical story, um, while we're talking about 
animals, I guess. That'll be our theme for today. Um, I had this patient that came in once, and um, all it said on the history part was um, facial trauma. And so I'm like, all right, um, bring him over, and I was going to be doing a Panorex x-ray on him, which, as you know, as you may know from the dentist, that's the the one that they take that just goes like all the way around your jaw. You sit there and um, it moves and then it takes an entire picture of your jaw. So anyway, I was uh, trying to get that done and it was awkward because we had to first do neck x-rays and clear those because um, he was in a C collar. And then once those were cleared, then we went ahead and had to try to do the, um, the panorama. And the poor guy, he, um, I mean, he's in pain, you know, he, he had just had this experience. So I'm trying to find out what had happened. And um, he is able to tell me through his lips that he was driving on the highway and an elk jumped into his window and hit him on the left side of his face and he managed like the elk thrashed and stuff and I guess it was able to push itself back out of the window and then unfortunately the truck behind him hit it and killed it but I I couldn't believe what he was telling me I'm like and the reason by the way I've I've looked into this a bit and had spoken to the ER physicians the reason I feel comfortable telling this story is because apparently this happens like elk and deer will just like come out that's why they've got those signs on the road that it's a an animal crossing area they'll just like well here goes nothing and head across the highway so I was just like oh my god I cannot believe this and then so after he tells me that I kind of start surveying the situation and there's animal hair here and there little tufts of it and I was just like oh my god so anyway, we cleared his neck, and then it was time for us to do the panorama or the panorex um, view. And I mean, the poor guy, he's, he's swelling and his neck hurts and all that stuff. And it was difficult, but he was so brave and we were able to get the picture. And sure enough, he had broken his jaw. And it was in two places because of the force of the elk hitting on the one side caused what's called a contra coup injury where it damages the one side and then also breaks through on the other side um so yeah he was gonna he was facing jaw wiring and then i mean poor dude um real quick sidebar story growing up um my sister who's a few years younger than me had this friend in high school and this friend lived kind of up in the mountains a little bit there was like this hog back that you had to go up and um one time uh my sister was with this girl and they were driving down the hog back and she stopped and my sister said what are you doing and she's like well this is the animal crossing she thought that she should stop at the animal crossing signs because that's where the animals knew to cross and um we were all just kind of like oh my god uh, Jennifer, that was her name, Jennifer, and we, <laughs> one summer, Jennifer had gone with us to visit my dad, who lives in Texas, and um, 
I, I needed to talk about it with my dad. So we're at dinner one night and I tell my dad that story. And from then on, uh, and he had met Jennifer, so he knew how Jennifer was. And she, I mean, she was just delightfully oblivious to everything. It didn't hurt her feelings that you thought that was ridiculous. That's just how she was. She was like this darling little thing in a bubble. But um, anyway, my dad, still to this day, this is many, many years later, um, if somebody says something ridiculous, then he will say, where'd you hear that? Is that from the book of Jennifer? And he'll talk about there being a book in the Bible of Jennifer. So yeah, we, uh, we still laugh about that. And it's like Jennifer 316. That's all you need to know. Um, but anyway, back to the guy with the, uh, with the jaw. So yeah, I was facing wiring and stuff like that. And you know what? I, I don't know how this works. I would like to actually find out the answer to this, but he didn't know that morning when he left that he was brushing his teeth for probably the last time for six to eight weeks. I mean, I'm not sure how that works if you're able to brush still. I guess you could like open your lips and brush, but yeah, I've always wondered about that. It just, it, it makes injuries like that. It's so devastating on so many levels for the person that it happens. Cause like for me, I'm like, oh man, that sucks that it happened to you. And I'm like, do 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 back to my life. But I mean, their lives are changed for months, possibly years, and um, you you can't really appreciate it until you've gone through something like that yourself, where you're just like, everything's harder. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And um, it you have to get creative with stuff. Um, I actually had an experience like that. I'll I'll tell you my thing that happened. Um, I uh, had gotten off work. It was a time when I worked night shift, and um, I'd gone to the health club. And at the time, I my son was one years old. Um, that I had gained a lot of weight after when I was pregnant with him, and so that year after I had him, I got really, really health conscious and was like going to the gym all the time and um, working out a lot. And I guess my nutrition wasn't up there where it should be. Um, and so uh, simply what had happened is I stepped off of a, um, just like a sidewalk and there was a, a rain gutter there and my foot hit and I just rolled my foot slightly to the right and crack, I broke two metatarsals. And so at the time, I mean, I knew immediately when it happened, the pain was so severe. I'm like, crap, I broke this. So, um, at the time, I was headed to the hospital because the night before, my sister had fallen and broken her ankle. She had tripped over a phone cord and broke her ankle in three places, what they call a trimalleolar fracture. So she had spent the night in the hospital and they were getting ready to do surgery on her. And so my plan was I got off work, I went home, I went to the gym, and then I was gonna head back to um, see her. And so I, I remember I had to stop for gas and there was no way I could walk on it. So there was fortunately a guy next to me and I was paying with cash. This was back in the nineties. I was paying with cash. And so this guy was next to me. Um, 
and the reason I say that is because back in the 90s, for you youngins, um, we didn't have the credit card machines at the tank. So if you needed to use your credit card, then you'd have to go in. And um, all transactions were usually done. You'd be like, I need $10 on pump, whatever. And so uh, fortunately, there was a guy that was pulled across from me. And I said, hey, can you do me a favor? I could hobble out and like pump my own gas, but I couldn't make it into the store. And I said, can you do this? And I explained to him, I just hurt my foot really, really bad, and I can't walk on it. Can you go have them put, you know, however much on this pump? And he's like, yeah. So nice guy. Thanks for helping. Um, so I, I go ahead and I manage to get to the hospital where my sister is. And my mom um, was there with my sister and my sister had gone into surgery at this point. So then my mom, I said, I'm going to, I, this is what happened and I'll meet you in the emergency room if you don't mind and bring a wheelchair because I can't walk on it. She's like, okay. So we go through the whole thing and um, it's broken. And so I get the temporary cast and all that stuff. So then I go up to my sister's room and um, she's coming out of anesthesia. She had been moved from the post-op area into the room and was kind of resting. And so things were starting to wear off and she kind of comes to and she looks at me and um, I've got my leg up in a cast and uh, she said, you can never let me have any of the attention, can you? <laughs> and then she fell back asleep. And um, it was quite a sight to see because I helped her then with her you know, she had like non weight bearing situation. I at least got a walking cast three days later, but she was completely non weight bearing for like six weeks. And, um, I only had to experience the non weight bearing thing for three days. And I can tell you with a one year old, that was tough. That was really tough. I, fortunately he was at the age where I could put him at the top of the stairs and then we'd both like sit down and slide down on our butts. And um, I had two sets of stairs in the house that were only like six each. And so it was okay, but it was really hard to, you know, deal with a baby that you had to put in and out of a crib and stuff with, and try to be non-weight bearing on crutches. I, I have respect for people that do it and just suck it up and manage it. I mean, I guess that's all you can do really. But, um, my sister and I were quite a sight to see because I would take her in for her, uh, post-op appointments and I'd be wheeling her in a wheelchair. And then there I am hobbling along behind with a cast on my leg. And we looked like we either beat the shit out of somebody or each other or something. It was pretty funny, but, um, yeah, you got to get creative um, with some of those things. Here's a here's a tip, actually. Um, when and this happened after I had my son, I um, had to have an episiotomy. Which, if you don't know what that is, it's where they have to kind of clip your perineum to make your birth canal a little bit wider for the baby, and then they'll stitch up afterwards. And um, it is very painful. Um, it stings and especially after you give birth and you're starting to have things move again and I'll just say it out there when you have your first shit after this, after giving birth, um, 
you just don't want anybody to touch anything down there. So at the time, and hopefully they still do this because this saved my life, um, they gave you a little squeezy bottle. And it was kind of like the the ones that you think of like a sports drink being in or something and had the little squeezy thing. And you just fill that up with some warm water and then just spray yourself. It's kind of like a, a, a self um, or a handheld bidet. And so um, that was so helpful. And I ended up giving that advice to many patients after in my care. Um, I even ended up with my dad giving him that advice. He had to have open heart surgery and he was talking to me about it. And he's like, I mean, how am I even going to wipe my own ass? And I'm like, well, let's get you a squeezy bottle. And um, that was really helpful to him. And so then afterwards, you know, if I'd have heart patients or whatever, if they'd bring it up, I'd let him know that thing. And I'm not sure why um, they didn't still have that because that's, I think it was the greatest invention ever. And for people that um, would get really frustrated, you know, when, I, I should say it this way, for like, let's say you break your right arm and you're right-handed. Um, that's a concern for people when they find out it's broken or whatever, or frequently I'll see them like at the time of the injury and it's not my job to tell them it's broken, but then I'll see them again afterwards after they've set it or after they've casted it to make sure that it looks good. And so by this time they've had time to process the injury and they're frustrated and like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And so if you're right-handed and you break your right arm, I always tell them about the squeezy bottle trick because I can't, I don't think I could wipe my ass with my left hand. I'm a white, I'm a right-handed ass wiper. So, um, yeah, I just, it's a good tip. So, you know, if you have somebody in your life that's messed up their dominant arm or hand, do the squeezy bottle thing. It's really, really great. Um, all right, now it is time for what's up your butt. Um, so this particular story, um, happened <laughs> and, um, just, I mean, same old, same old guy, late twenties, early thirties, um, comes in, no eye contact, you know, just foreign body. So same old thing. And this was back with the film situation. So I go ahead and I... I believe I had him laying on my x-ray table and went ahead and did an abdominal picture and then this is you know one of the times where I had to wait and so um, it took like I said 90 seconds um, I've said that in other episodes if this is your first one you're like what she didn't say that but um, it took 90 seconds and so I'm waiting and waiting for the film to drop out and it drops out and everybody around me is waiting too because we're all excited and we hold it up and it's one of those hand mixer blades. Um, if you don't know what that is, think of your mom in the 70s with the mixer, not like one of those um, fancy ones that has like all the attachments, but the one that you handheld and then you'd like push a button and it would be a beater. It's a beater basically. And so he had one of those, um, the kind that your mom would let you lick brownie batter off of. Yeah. If, if your mom did that, I, I let my kids do that and I did that. But yeah, so one of those blades was up there 
And um, I just, I don't know. I don't know, you know? You just, okay, there's no words. And then I don't want to make eye contact with him after that because I'm just like, I have so many questions. There, I wish that I could just sit down with you when this all resolves and find out what's the thought process here, but nope, can't do that. So yeah, that is, um, that was what was up that guy's butt. So yeah, and then, okay, I still have questions <laughs> talking about this. I mean, you wondered, was that the first time he did it? Does he put it in the dishwasher after? Is is does he use it, or is that just his butt butt blade hand mixing? I don't. I don't. They're just. I. I can't even. My. If I go there, then my mind just starts like mulling things over. And I don't know if you're like that. I mean, there are times where my mind is just wandering. Where. I'll find myself thinking, what would a giraffe and a turtleneck look like, you know, and then I have to go down that rabbit hole and stuff. So, yeah, this is one of those situations where I'm just like, I almost don't want to let my mind cross over there because there's just so many questions and I'll never know the answer. So, um, anyway, thank you for joining me for this episode. And um, please uh, check out the other podcasts at taconightaudio.com. You can listen to me on um, iTunes and Google Play and Podbean. And um, make sure to uh, check out my Facebook page, Your Emergency is Showing. And please drop me an email and tell me about your stories. My email address is sherry, S-H-E-R-R-I, at youremergencyisshowing.com. Thank you. See you next time. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Adam. Do you want to play a word association game? I, I guess so. Yes, I do. That's right. Well, okay, so the first, when I say a word, you say the first word that comes to mind. Taco. Night. Emotion. Sickness. Isn't that a new podcast you have on taconightaudio.com? Hey, it really is. And don't you talk about mental health and how it affects everyday life? I do. Wow, maybe people should go check that out. I think they should. I agree. Talkingnightaudio.com. Hey, you. Me? Yeah, you. Uh, I, I see you're listening to a podcast on Taco Night Audio. Uh, Taco Night Audio has a lot of other podcasts, including False Idols. It's a it's a pretty cool one where people get together and we talk about whatever we want, uh, censorship free, share some embarrassing stories from our past possibly, and define perhaps new terms for people. So check it out, False Idols on Taco Night Audio. Taco Night. It's not just for lovers. It's for podcasts. TacoNightAudio.com